Hey friends, this is Surabhi bringing you episode 41 of Mom Strength. In this episode, we talk about why time away from your kids is important, the role anxiety can play, how to build confidence in taking time away from your kids, how to prevent sadness from or missing your kids from turning into guilt, and lessons I learned for traveling next time. But before we get started... Welcome to Mom Strength, a podcast and movement to empower, educate, and showcase mom strength inside and out. I'm your host, Surabhi Veach, physiotherapist and fitness coach, also known as the Passionate Physio. Join me for discussions on movement, mindset, and motherhood, where we raise the bar and challenge the status quo. Get ready for expert interviews and real, honest conversations where we explore physical, mental, and emotional health. Let's celebrate the beautiful diversity and common experiences in all of our journeys. Let's do this. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of Mom Strength. This is your host, Surabhi Veach, and I'm really excited to be back podcasting. I've taken a bit of a break because life has been lifey, and I'm getting right back to it. So this is late October, and I'm in Toronto, Ontario. It is fall, the seasons are changing, and a couple weeks ago, I went on a six-day trip to LA for a business conference with some of the most incredible people I've met in the online space. We're all part of a um, online business membership called the Mafia. I always laugh when I say that because people, I don't want people to get the wrong wrong picture, but it is with Dr. Shante Cofield, who is the movement maestro. And the whole group is fantastic. I've known these people for two years online and we met in person for the first time. And I had a great, great time. And I got a few questions like, oh, are you going to miss your kids? Are you going to, do you feel guilty leaving them? Um, And I'm going to answer those today. Obviously, I missed my kids. And no, I did not feel guilty. And so I want to get into why. So I remember years ago when I was first pregnant with my daughter, who's now four, and I had gone to a bunch of daycares to put her on the on the wait list because apparently like the second you conceive a baby even before you tell your family you've got to go get on various lists because the wait lists are so long so as I was doing that I remember meeting the daycare like coordinator director for one of the child care centers and she her kids were grown up like university age college age she was bragging about how she'd never spent even a night away from her kids and how dedicated a mom she was and I remember thinking holy crap like your kids are like 18 and 20 you've never been away from them for one night like I'm like I'm thinking about all the scenarios and I'm like how did you even do that And I didn't ask these questions, but I was just thinking about it. And I wasn't judging her. I was just kind of like, wow, that's goals, right? But also, you know, like, is it goals? Is that that the type of mom I wanted to be? I don't know. And so as I became a mother myself, I started to question that. Is loving your children being with them 24-7? Or is loving your children also doing the things that you need to do to take care of your mental health and your physical health and your well-being? Is loving your children also participating in the things that make you happy so you show up as a happier mom? And so I know for some people, they need time away from their kids to do that. I would say, I would argue most people do. I would argue that most people need their own hobbies outside of parenting, just like you need your own interests outside of your relationship. 
I don't think it's that healthy for myself anyways to put all of my energy into one thing, whether it's my own business, my my relationship, my kids, um, you know, an athletic interest that I have. You know, I know people in this culture love like the get obsessed, do it all the time. And I'm that type of person too. But I also think that it's important to understand that life isn't about one thing. We are multifaceted people and you don't have to force yourself to be an obsessive mom who is worried about your kid nonstop and cannot even be separated from them for for two nights, right? And if you're not ready for that yet, that's okay. I wouldn't start with a night away. I would start with even just an hour away. Go for go for coffee by yourself. Go for a walk by yourself, especially in the postpartum phase. One of the best pieces of advice my midwife gave me is I want you to take a 20-minute walk daily. First of all, <clears throat> caveat, 20 minutes is too much for most people in the immediate postpartum phase. So don't do what I did. I heard 20 minutes and I was like, I'm pretty athletic. I went for an hour. Was that smart? Absolutely not. So I wouldn't do what I did. I would really start with whatever your body can tolerate. If it's two minutes, five minutes, eight minutes, and don't don't put your ego, you know, don't associate your ego with how much you're walking in the first few weeks postpartum. There's a drastic amount of, or there's a massive improvement in the first few weeks to months. And how you feel at like eight days postpartum isn't how you're always going to feel. So going back to my story, If you are in the early postpartum phase, my midwife told me, you know, go for a 20-minute walk daily, and if you can, get out out by yourself for 20 minutes a day. Like when my partner came home from work in the evening, you know, go for a walk. And it took me about, I would say, four weeks to maybe five weeks to do that for the first time, and I remember crying the entire walk. Now, looking back on that time in my life, I I think I had postpartum anxiety. I was so stressed. I was so worried. I don't even know about what. I trusted my partner 100%, but I also was so scared to leave her. <clears throat> and this might go back to my pregnancy with her where I had experienced a few random bleeds that um, put me in a state of shock and fear of loss. And, you know, I would be hospitalized for a night with, you know, very heavy bleed, and then they couldn't find why. And that scared me even more because, you know, people would say, oh, it's just a subchorionic hemorrhage. For those of you who don't know, this is a normal, relatively normal thing that happens in the first trimester. But they would look with the ultrasound and not find any evidence of that. And then they were like, oh, well, you know, you're in the first trimester. These things happen, but like, don't get your hopes up because you might lose this baby. And that scared me a lot. And for anyone who has experienced loss, and I, I don't mean just you know, only in reference to this loss of any kind, whether you've lost a loved one, you know, grieved, um, a loss of maybe you moved across the world like I did as a kid. You know, I have experienced a lot of layers of loss over my life. And I think that when I experienced those bleeds in my first trimester with my daughter, I had a huge fear of losing her. And so that carried over in the postpartum phase. I was keeping spreadsheets about, everything and I was keeping track of everything she she did she ate you know when she started solids and you know that is another um side quest I heard this term instead of saying going off on a tangent that's a side quest that I wanted to share because I wanted to give you a background of like where I started and where I've come as a mother so a lot of anxiety it was really hard for me to leave her 
and I went for a walk around the block. I timed it. I like actually had a timer on my phone and the second 20 minutes were up, I walked in through the front door. But I did it. I survived. And when I did that, I realized, okay, I can do that again. And so I would try to do that. Maybe I did definitely didn't do it every day, but I would try to do that relatively consistently. And I don't remember, you know, going out on a date with my husband for like eight, nine months postpartum because I I still had a lot of anxiety and I didn't trust my parents to watch her and I didn't trust anyone to watch her. So there was a lot of anxiety and I find that there is a lot of anxiety in postpartum folks and they don't recognize it themselves. It's often easier for an external person to recognize it because when you're in it, you convince yourself that these things are bad things are going to happen or that you know, you're a bad mother because you want to go out for a walk by yourself or go out for an evening with your friend or go out for a weekend away with your partner. And this is not a normal fear. Of course, we care about our children. We never want anything bad to happen to them. But it is not normal to be anxious all the time. So if that is you, please, please, please know that that doesn't have to be the case for you. Please get help from a counselor, from your doctor. Um, sometimes, people, you know, healthcare professionals can downplay it. Be like, oh, you're a new mom. Of course you're worried. But worrying is different than anxiety that is crippling that does not allow you to even take a moment away from your child because you're worried something bad is going to happen. So if that is, I wanted to say that story right off the bat because I'm not referring to people who feel guilty or don't want to leave their kids because they have anxiety. Because if that's the case, you need different type of support. The rest of what I'm going to share now may not be as applicable to you until you've gotten that support for your mental health. Um, so going back to that story of, the, of that, you know, daycare worker, mo- mom who had grown up kids who'd said like, I'd never left my kids. You know, looking back, I'm like, maybe she was anxious and maybe she had, you know, difficulty letting go and control issues, which a lot of us have, to be honest. Um, I'll I'll put my hands up and admit I had, I I still am working on that stuff, right? And so... When I had my second kid, things were different. I was in a much better state of mental health. I had, I've been, you know, seeing a therapist and I do a lot of meditation. I practice mindfulness and gratitude and all of these things actually work. They're not just fun terms people throw out. Um, They're actually based on longstanding things like yoga that has been practiced for thousands of years and you know, based on Buddhist traditions. So don't feel like, oh, all these wellness wellness folks are talking about this, you know, uh, trend. It is not a trend. It has existed before thin, young, white folks caught on, okay? Just putting that out there right off the bat. Um, so yeah, these things matter. And these, these things have made a big difference in me feeling confident in my own mothering. It's also my second child, so it made it easier. I knew what to expect. Uh, I also built up confidence in my mothering because I was like, hey, my first one has made it this far. Like, I can do this. Whereas when it's your first kid, everything is so new and fresh. So it can take a while to build up that confidence and don't feel like, oh, I'm so behind. My friend's going out on nights out and I'm not there yet. Or my friend's going rock climbing and I'm not, I don't feel ready yet. It's not a comparison game. Everyone hits that at a different point. Like that one mom hit it at, you know, when her kids were 18 and 20. And other moms hit that in like six, two weeks, six days, you know, like it's, it's not a comparison game. But what can you do so that you can get out 
and get away for a weekend or however long you want to. So I was listening to this um, podcast with Jay Shetty on per- his On Purpose podcast and he was interviewing uh, Vishen Lakiani about how parents feel guilty being away from their kids. He asked, how do you prevent sadness from turning into guilt? Because you are sad when you miss your kids. Grief and sadness exist because you love your kids so much and you miss them. You miss their little things, their hugs, their neediness. You miss it when you're away from them. Um, and, you know, I did feel sadness about leaving my kids for six days, especially when they are so young. You know, I knew my son especially would have a hard time. I just stopped breastfeeding him maybe a month and a half, two months prior to that. Um, I knew both of them would miss me. I knew I would miss them. And there were many stories I could tell myself, like, I should be there for them. What kind of mother cares more about work than kids? But recognize that whatever you're, whatever nasty things you're saying to yourself, they're just stories. They're not facts. They're just stories you're making up, you're telling yourself. And on the podcast that I was listening to, what they shared totally aligned with how I felt. For me, it's not about being with my kids all the time. It's about actually being with them when I am with them. Being present, being the mom I want to be, playing, showing up for them, being kind, compassionate, and patient, not yelling and losing my patience and rolling my eyes and, you know, being frustrated. That's not the mom I want to be with them, but... When I don't show up for myself every single day, every single week, I become more of that mom, the mom that I don't want to be. You know, seeing them as they are, teaching them and learning from them. I want to be that type of mom. I don't want to be the mom who can't stand her kids and can't wait to get away from them. You know, I want to, I enjoy spending time with them and I want to enjoy spending time with them. So I recognize that when I'm excited in my professional life, I can be more present in my personal life too. When I'm excited about my hobbies and interests and my, you know, my friends and my social connections, I can be present in other aspects of my life too. So when my needs for connection and personal growth are especially fulfilled, I feel more excited and connected with my kids. And so that's why I don't feel guilt or shame for leaving for leaving my kids, you know, with first of all my more than capable husband who I would say is a default parent in many ways. You know, I, I didn't feel guilt. I did feel sadness though. And sadness is, to be honest, to me anyways, is the truest form of love. Truest, not form, truest sign of love. When you really love someone, yes, you're going to be sad when you don't get to see them or don't. You know, some of my best friends don't live in, in Toronto anymore. And I miss them and I do feel sad about that. But I don't think sadness is a bad thing. We see sadness as a bad emotion, but it's just part of loving someone. So, you know, that's, that's where, that's the message that I want you to take home is if you are feeling guilty leaving your kids at home for a night, for a few nights, remember that it is okay to miss them. It's okay to be sad about it, but try not to bring that sadness into to guilt or shame. Because when you do that, you take away from your experience of why you wanted to be away in the first place, whether it's, um, maybe you were traveling for, a half marathon you signed up for or maybe you're having a girl's weekend or maybe you're having a um you're going on a trip with your partner or your best friend or your mom you know there's so many things that you want may want to do and not everything is kid friendly and maybe you don't want your kids there because you're doing adult things 
um, and that's okay. Doesn't make you a bad mom, doesn't make you any less of a mom. Um, And, you know, my week was fantastic. I had such a blast. I think I mentioned a little bit about it at the beginning. And I came back home so excited to see my kids. And I was definitely a little bit kind of stressed the first few days readjusting because my kids were uber clingy. So next time I know that I shouldn't come back on a Sunday night because Monday they're back to, you know, childcare, they're back to daycare and they were like, what the heck, you've been away for six weeks, six days and now I don't get to see you all weekend. So next time I'm going to come back on a Friday night so that I get to see them the whole weekend. And hopefully that tip helps you too. So if you're going away for a long weekend, maybe plan to keep them home for Monday, right? So that, or or the, the day you come back or for at least half day so that you have time to reconnect and it doesn't feel as stressful when you come home because sometimes that can then make you feel guilty or be like, oh, I'm never doing this again. That was awful, right? I don't want that. I don't want you to have that experience. I want it to be a good experience. So hope this hope these tips were helpful. I, if they were, I want you to do one thing is share it with a friend in your life who is a parent who might find this beneficial. Thank you so, so much for listening and I hope you have a wonderful day and plan your next night out or maybe a weekend trip. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Mom Strength and being part of this important conversation. Check out the show notes for more info and links and we'll chat again real soon.